StartupRad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and grüezi everybody. This is Joe from StartupRad.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany. Today I have a Swiss German guest and instead of hello, there is Grüezi. Grüezi Davide, how are you doing? Hi there, Jörn. I'm doing fine, and you? <laughs> doing great, thank you. Today I invited you because you have a, you're the co-founder of the startup Cyrene, headquartered in Hessen, in lovely Wiesbaden. <laughs> and um, since this podcast is sponsored by Invest in Hessen, of course, we'll talk a little bit about the state. For everybody who's a new subscriber, Hessen is one of the 16 states of Germany, sometimes jokingly, Mallorca, due to the large German population there, is called the 17th state. But don't get food there. We only have 16. That said, welcome. I've been stalking you a little bit on LinkedIn, as I usually do with my guests. And it turns out uh, you've been a pretty classic guy working in a Swiss bank. How did you end up? Providing analytics for physical shopping carts. Yeah, uh, basically, I, I think every Swiss once has to go to a bank. No, no. Um, well, basically, yeah, it's uh, it started off or with a bank. I wanted to as I, I as I wanted to study business, and I ended up studying business. I wanted to see whether the banking world is something for me. It ended up not to be something of interest, um, but. How did I come to sort of become a retail analytics expert and how did Sirene come about? Uh, basically, it all started uh, off with my personal interest to found a startup. I really wanted to found a startup at some point. I did it uh, after my bachelor with uh, some co-founders. Um, that I got to know really well, but we fucked it up majorly uh, because we sort of... Uh, um, miscalculated the greediness of certain partners and uh, the negotiation powers of certain partners. So we failed there, and then we said, "Okay, let's uh, continue our education." Then we, uh, then I started to do a master's degree, uh, and one of it being entrepreneurship. So I really wanted to know what is this all about. Uh, where I went to Rotterdam, and in Rotterdam I got to know my co-founders uh, for uh, Cyrene. Um, we sort of um, us, we, we stumbled upon the idea. So we did not create the idea or the, the core foundation of Cyrene. Uh, we sort of discovered it um, as we met Herbert. And Herbert is sort of the inventor of the core concept uh, of Cyrene. And we sort of got infected or I got infected by the idea while I was doing my master's. And I couldn't get it out of my head. And then we sort of, uh, for the first half a year, we sort of, Try to find the perfect market for it. Try to find the perfect fit. Uh, and as I as I knew marketing, online marketing, and and my co-founders as well, because they've also founded uh, startups in in the online segment. And 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 this is why we sort of came across uh, this offline marketing idea that we really wanted to push forward. And yeah, this is how it came about initially. So, so all my background, I really wanted to do something myself. And then I discovered the perfect opportunity and then I went for it. Let's back up a little bit. I've yeah. 
heard nice things about Rotterdam. Uh, many people <laughs> know it for the harbor. Can you tell us a lot of nice things about the city? Well, basically, uh, I, I didn't, I haven't been to Rotterdam before I studied there, and then I really fell in love with the city. Um, so the harbor is obviously as big as the city itself, um, but you don't necessarily see it uh, the whole time. You just see the huge ships passing you um, from the from the river, and then in at the university, it's a university town. Uh, it has the lovely Dutch people. Uh, they're super friendly, super open-minded. Um, also, my co-students, as everybody wanted to study entrepreneurship, everybody was really open-minded when it comes to juggling new ideas. Um, the, the city itself, lovely food, uh, not necessarily the Dutch food in itself, because this is sort of uh, it's snacks and, and fast food. But I have to say they can cook really, really well when it comes to urban uh, kitchen. So I can really recommend it. Um, it's also really close to Amsterdam. It's like half an hour if you want to jump to the city central. And yeah, it's perfect. I really like it. I can go there and have some bitter ballen and some olive oil in the winter and, and enjoy the Dutch weather. <laughs> Well, Dutch weather is not necessarily worse <laughs> than the German weather or the British yes, weather. That said, um, you've been talking about you screwed up one startup. What did you do and what went wrong? And especially important, what did you learn from there? Well, we, we basically were in Switzerland. So the startup was founded in Switzerland and we really wanted to tap into the market that the Swiss uh, love to commute. And we sort of saw the idea uh, or a similar idea in, uh, in, in the US already, which is ClassPass. So we sort of wanted to introduce a bond card 100. So a card where you can uh, you go unlimited and use something uh, uh, with unlimited power. And we wanted to introduce it for the fitness community, community because in, in, in Switzerland, we didn't have it. We, we did have a lot of small chains, fitness chains. But if you commuted from one city to the other, you basically could not do sports in the other city. So we said like, okay, uh, we want to introduce this in, in Switzerland. Uh, but we said also, um, this has already been done. So a com uh, someone has already come up with this idea. So we sort of became a franchisee. So we founded the company and, and licensed the idea or, or the brand uh, from, from a Dutch, uh, from in the Netherlands. And then we sort of fucked it up because we sort of we had an agreement with them we were really successful in acquiring gyms and and we wanted to go live with the with the customer side but then they became really greedy and sort of tried to renegotiate the whole contract uh, of using their brand and then we said like this is not a lucrative business anymore and so we backed out it was a hard decision um long nights we looked each other deep in the eye and said like okay are we really gonna finish are we gonna this whole year Do we say, okay, we cut it off? And we said like, yes, we do, uh, because it's the right way to do. We want it to be flexible. We want it to be self-sufficient. We want to do our own thing. And uh, this is the learning out of it. So you sort of, uh, in the beginning, you, you can really go uh, for it. You can trust each other. But at some point, you also have to write stuff down and, and get the legal framework uh, before it, it hits the, like, it, it, before it actually seems to be successful as well. So you sort of... Uh, Yeah, you have to have to do the groundwork. <laughs> 
Let me back off once again a little bit. You yeah. know, if there's no detours, it's not startuprate.io. We <laughs> are right now, as we record this in the morning of the 16th of September, we are in the podcast charts of Germany, Indonesia, and Singapore. And I feel the need to explain to all people not from Germany what Bahncard 100 actually means, <laughs> because it's, it's, a, it's a typical, ev every German knows it. But outside of Germany, there, there may be some cultural references is missing so basically <laughs> die bahn is the german railway operator former monopolist deutsche bahn and you can basically buy frequent customers discount cards they're called bahn card and if you buy a bahn card 25 you get a 25 discount for one year if you buy 50 you get 50 discount and if you buy 100 you can basically hop on any train you want and use everything for free i do believe it's in the area of several thousand euros a year this barn card that's it okay <laughs> you learned something um about not renegotiating re contracts when you <laughs> first settled for one that's fine and i i will i'm a little bit curious did your franchisee giver the american company that wanted to renegotiate the contract did they actually succeed in terms of uh getting a toehold in europe after you guys uh, said no way uh well basically for for us our franchisor was was, was a dutch a dutch company they um still exist um so they are uh, sort of operating they're not operating in switzerland <laughs> Uh, which is a pity, um, but they are operating uh, in the Netherlands, in, in Germany. They were actually bought by a German company now. So in, in Germany, there are many um, startups or startups. It's a rocket internet startup that does something similar. It's another startup that does something similar. They're like five to six years old now. Um, so yeah, they're, they're still operating, um, but I think there's a, a growing competition as well with Basically, here in Germany, we have uh, Fitness First, which is just huge, or MacFit, which is huge, which has chains all over the country. So also in, in Switzerland, it started to have a lot of fitness chains where you have different uh, locations. So we wanted to tap into the, the first mover advantage, but now it's uh, basically gone in Switzerland. Um, but yeah. We learn well. I learned basically not only renegotiating contracts. It's also you can be really successful if you just go for it. Um, so we, we we learned okay. We can convince the fitness chains. We can convince customers, which was really really nice. Uh, so the first time you're like. Uh, doing something on your own, your own idea uh, and how you want to apply it. So this was the thing I got positively out of it because I wanted to do it again. And for me, it wasn't basically, it was about the idea, but it also was about the people executing the idea. And that's why sort of in, in Rotterdam, I got to know these two guys uh, that were as driven as I was when it came to entrepreneurship, but also grounded in sort of this operational aspect. So they really wanted to uh, execute on an idea really, really well. I think this is also something uh, we in Germany, we're really good at. So we have an idea and we really execute uh, it really, really well. Um, and this is why we sort of, when we came across the idea um, of Cyrene or, of, or, or the core idea of Cyrene, we said like, okay, we, we can find a nice market for this. So we found a, a really, really nice market and we found a really nice business model behind it. So we 
sort of had the technological aspects covered um, when we came across it, and then we just had to uh, develop the rest, and this is how we came about it. What all happened next to our masters, so the first year was... Basically, Basically studying, studying went down, went down. <laughs> startup went, went up, up, and you you you, you um, started, started to choose, choose your, curriculum your curriculum according to what, what helps, helps your startup and not what helps in uh, understanding. Uh, 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 while my co-founders co are studying accounting, accounting and finance, finance, so they really just went just for the venture capital, capital aspect and and and, and the and business plan aspect and not anything else anymore. And I I went more into the Legal, legal aspects, aspects of founding, founding a startup. startup. So it was so really, it was really nice, nice to use, to use the, the education, education to, 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 to directly, directly apply it to, to, to your, your own, own company. company. Ha, first time you feel money not wasted. Okay, but um, <laughs> to, to take everybody on board here with our podcast, le le let me try to understand uh, one more time how you actually bumped into the idea did you did you drive your shopping cart through Reva, which is a big <laughs> retailer here in germany and said oh damn i wish i would have analytics for that <laughs> how did this happen yeah, yeah well, basically, well basically um to be honest, to be honest one of my co-founders co was my flatmate, my flatmate. Uh, so, uh, we so we lived together, together in, Rotterdam, in Rotterdam and he and came across, across uh, Habit, and, uh, and uh, they, they sort of talked sort of about this idea, idea um, um, of Cyrene um, and he sort of he got sort infected, infected first, first. Uh, you have uh, to you imagine he was then really hyped and he was like okay Davide I have to get you on board as well and he was nagging me the whole time to also meet him and meet up with him and then we sort of met met up as well and we met up in our apartment on the couch and discussed uh, the whole uh, the aspect, whole and, and, and I invested, I invested uh, several, several months, months into also into looking into the markets as well. As well. And, at and at some point, point I, I believe I it was January, January or February, we all we said, all like, okay, let's go for it. We, we really, really want to go and do it, uh, because uh, uh, we had, then like, the senior aspect in our team with Herbert and the younger, more driven aspect with Ben Sill and I. And we said, like, okay, this is a nice team constellation, because we have sort of the expertise on the one side, and we have this yeah, naivety and, 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 and like, like the dynamic, dynamic power, power uh, to uh, sort, sort of, of uh, do it. Do it. And, and, and to be to honest, be honest um, why, why did it become, did it become um, a, a company, company that, that does retail analytics, analytics in supermarkets? In supermarkets. Uh, for, uh, for me, me um, I, I did not did have not that have much that to do with, do with uh, retail, retail I, I, in, before, before I, I came across, I came across this, idea. this idea, but, but I, had I had a lot to do with marketing, with marketing and I had and a lot, I had to, a do lot to do with like, with, like uh, structuring, structuring marketing, marketing campaigns, campaigns where, as I worked for an agency, as I did it for the startup before, and we sort of saw that there is a need in the offline segment. What do I mean with offline? So everything that's not Google. Google, Google, Facebook, Facebook and Co. And so, so, so banners, banners um, TV, TV, radio. There's something, there's something to do in marketing, marketing offline to make it more transparent, to make it more analytical. And, and uh, we, uh, sort, we of sort of defined the supermarket, the supermarket as the last, last moment of truth. Of truth. So where, so where a shopper, a shopper takes, takes the last decision, decision. because when because you go when you into go a store, you normally say like, okay, I want to buy pasta or I want to buy a sauce and stuff, and stuff like this, but you don't know exactly what ex what you want to have. And we said like, okay, we're going to introduce a marketing channel to the supermarket to first of all, give an inspirational advertisement and then analyze how effective it was. But I will explain this a little later, how it exactly works, but this is where I come from. So 
I come so rather from the online, online marketing, marketing segment where I knew this is already possible, possible and, and I discovered, discovered that it's, it's not possible, possible offline and I wanted, and I wanted to, change to change that. Uh-huh, I see. First, another cultural reference, because you're always talking about Herbert, which is a German first name. It is yes. one of your co-founders. We, we yes. may add this yes. for everybody. Secondly, I've I've been thinking, and um, since I started Startup Radio.io more than five years ago, I always, uh, or uh, let's say I frequently talk to marketing people who want to do this with me, that with me, this with me, that yeah. with me, and actually... Um, not to mention that it's quite tiresome because they always back out. But on the other hand, they seem to be totally reliant, totally overconfident on some KPIs when you dig down deeper that are actually just uh, some numbers somebody says. Yeah, let's do something like yeah. this. And they completely and utterly trust this. Do you think marketing uh don't don't get me wrong there there's a uh, uh, great use of kpis there is need of kpis in marketing but do you think that sometimes the over reliance there is an over reliance on kpis in marketing especially online marketing what do you think Yeah, to, yeah, to, to be, be honest, honest um, it, it obviously is a trend, is a trend that, that there is uh, online marketing and, and the high reliance of uh, data, data science now being moved into to the marketing segment. segment and there are many, many agencies and marketing agencies telling you how to do it better and it can always be improved and, and you have to do it differently and you have to use different channels and, and then they show you these nice metrics behind it, how, how it can be improved. Um, to be honest, um, I have to say even we, are, we have most of the time we have to do with offline marketing and there it really is not a science uh, how um, the KPIs are calculated. It's rough estimates or it's studies being done three to four years ago, how, what the audience could be looking like or who is your target customer. Um, so for... for, for For us, it was, we had one trend, um, or here in Germany, one trend in marketing that we did not want to tap into. It's like the personalization, because we think it's going into um, a direction that needs to be um, guided a little bit more. So as we had like these scandals with Cambridge Analytica, like psychographic targeting and stuff like this. So this is the direction we did not want to be associated with when we, when we developed our idea. But we also wanted to, on the other side, offline marketing, which is really, it's, it's grounded in numbers that have to be adjusted and have to be validated. Um, so we wanted to strike the right balance between being transparent in our marketing approach uh, without tapping into like the personal sphere of a, of a shopper that is inside of the store. Uh, but coming back to your question with the KPIs, um, it either is a too high reliance on KPI, I have to say, and then the creativity gets lost um or it is just gut feeling so we are talking to many marketing officers that that highly rely on their gut feeling um which most of the time was successful for them and and it's then hard to sort of introduce new aspects that could work um 
but it's always fun to discuss with them, <laughs> with our clients, uh, how they can improve and uh, where, where we can find actionable insights uh, with the marketing campaigns. So yeah, it's uh, to be honest, I think we have to be grounded in data, but not every decision has to be taken uh, just solidly based uh, uh, on data. It also has to be true to the brand. It has, has to be true to yourself. Um, so startups or large corporates, they have to sort of uh, be be creative as well and not just try to optimize the conversion rates and opening rates and stuff like this. Um, so it, it is a balance, I have to say. I actually do feel the same. You have to combine KPIs with gut feeling, for example, um, Google, Google ads, you may know if you uh, bumped into our website and discovered startuprate.io that way, we're using a lot of Google ads and actually yeah. they suggest like a thousand, uh, possible AdWords and most of them don't make sense. So you have to make a decision there based on gut feeling and then you can get yes. back to the KPIs. That's kind of how I'm feeling about it. <laughs> that said, um, let's take a little walk. Um, can you tell us how, how it actually feels? Let's imagine me uh, driving my shopping cart <laughs> in a river. Actually, what, what never happens to me is I have something in mind. I need to shop, but basically I, uh, my wife says you need to go grocery shopping. I go grocery shopping. Uh, take the shopping cart in into the um into the river then i opened the bring app actually also something from switzerland and then i realized oh damn we need to buy such a lot of stuff because my wife is happily typing all the stuff we need uh during the time i need to get by car to the grocery store so let's imagine yeah, yeah. a really stressed out joe uh just opened uh his app uh at the shopping cart and entered the retail store so What, what will happen to me? What you guys are actually doing um, to, to analyze this? Yeah, yeah happy to guide, to guide you through our, our uh, customer, customer journey. journey. Um, well, first, first of all, of you, all you mentioned you a really, mentioned nice, really point, nice point, and this is why this is personalization, personalization in, the in the supermarket doesn't work, doesn't work because, because you have a shopping have a mission shopping and it's, mission and it's uh, your, uh, wife's, your wife's uh, bring, uh, bring list. list. Um, but but, but uh, uh, mentioning this, so you have basically how do we operate? We installed identification devices into shopping devices, so shopping trolleys and so forth. And, so and, and our system, our system is, basically is basically composed of, or our or hardware our aspect, aspect is, it's screens. screens. So really, so um, nice, nice looking screens, screens installed of the shopping, the shopping aisles. aisles. So, so you basically, you where you walk where you past, past, where the products, where the products are, next are next to you. To you. Uh, we have like we have around like five to six screens, screens uh, inside of stores. stores. And, and what happens, what happens is, is when you are in front of a screen, like five to six meters, it identifies not you, Jörn, it identifies It identifies the shopping, the shopping trolley, trolley 157, 157 and, and it defines. <laughs> I, I see. So it doesn't define Joe, but a stressed out guy with a, with a start <laughs> of a beard who's losing his, his top hair. And actually you track this guy and not me personally, right? 
Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, don't, we track don't track you at all. We don't even know that, that, it's, that it's male or female or whoever. It's really it's just really about just the shopping, about trolley. The shopping trolley. trolley. And, and um, we sort of then define what kind of situation are you in. Is it a Monday morning where you're really stressed out? Or is it more of a Friday evening purchase? Or is it warm outside? Is it cool outside? Where are you actually inside of the store? And how does it how does it work? And then we define the best ad that is being played to you. And as and we are as only we are doing only it contact-based, context based. so when so you approach, when it plays you an ad, ad. we also we can also add can sounds add to it. Because, because normally you have you like these loops inside of stores that really that annoy really you at some point, point because, because it's always the always same, same uh, sound, sound and stuff. And, and we like developed like the technology that only is directed to you and you hear the commercial. So then the sound will direct your eyes to the screen because away from your app. And so you sort of of what, what what happens, happens then, whether, whether you get inspired, inspired by the commercial, by the commercial or not, or not um, is really um, up really to many up factors. To many this factors. is something, this is something um, we just we know. Just this shopping trolley came, came in contact, let's say, with a Coca-Cola Coca commercial. Then you continue, then you continue your shopping, your shopping journey, journey, and then we know and then we for the next screens you came you came across a barbecue commercial, and then you came across a yogurt commercial. And then what we do, and this is the beauty of the system, is we combine it at the end. When, yeah, you when you left the store and you're happy, and you're happy happily happy bought everything, bought everything you, needed, you needed, um, then we combine it with your, uh, your uh, basket. basket. So we basically, so we basically know, okay, okay, shopping trolley 157, 157 bought Coca-Cola. Coca um, and then we have a huge have data, data set of evaluating whether it was whether it due was to the commercial, commercial or, not. or not. So this is so this basically transferring the online, the online logic, logic to, to, to the, the offline, offline segment, segment where you say like, okay, like, someone clicked, clicked on, on your commercial, commercial someone, someone went, went into, into uh, uh, added a product, product to your basket and someone converted. And this is what we, our customers are brands like Coca-Cola, Barilla and brands like this who advertise, who want to reach a certain audience size and who want to know, want to know whether, whether their campaign, their campaign was, effective was effective or not or and why it was effective, was effective or, not. or not. Normally, Normally we, we do a lot of A-B testing, testing um, with campaigns. So you have like, so you have like maybe you have maybe seen the commercial, the commercial last year with Atze Schröder, Schröder from uh, Wiesenhof where, where they had like, like uh, reggae wurst, which had a hemp flavor and the other one was a normal one. And they wanted to know which one works better or which one doesn't. And we sort of ran these commercials and tested it and, could, and base could base it on, it on real, real sales. sales. So we really, so we really know, know, okay, what is okay, being what is sold, sold and what, and what, what was the conversion, conversion rates and we and give we them give really nice really insights. insights. And this is something, this is something that, is that is totally new to our customers, customers or not totally, or not new, totally new, but it's something, something that they that only know from online. online. And, and, and as our as customers are so-called fast-moving consumer goods, so FMCG clients, so products that you normally buy in supermarkets, they do not normally advertise online. online. So Procter so & Gamble, Gamble spends, spends a billion, billion of marketing sales, sales in Germany, Germany alone, and 95% is, is on TV ads. ads. So, you, so basically you basically have this, this um, non-measurable non medium, medium or, or not, not as accurately, as accurately measurable medium, medium TV, TV, and we try, and we try to, to sort of tap, tap into this, this potential. potential. So we, so we, we don't see ourselves as an in-store channel and tapping into the in-store media spendings. We see ourselves into tapping into um, the marketing budgets and, and, and sort of um, making it possible for these clients to know uh, how effective a campaign was or not. Ha. 
first i have to say damn i'm getting hungry here <laughs> secondly <laughs> uh we may also add again for cultural references atze schroeder is a german comedian so it's 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 a persona it's an artist name atze schroeder uh we link the the the, the video the commercial you're referring to down here then i have one question and yeah. one idea. So basically, the question you started with an with a reference at the beginning: if it's hot or if it's cold. Um, of course, I buy totally different in winter and in summer. But do have a few degrees Celsius actually? Do they make an impact on my shopping behavior? Uh, yes, uh, yes, they, they, they do. do. <laughs> um, so we so we obviously we have we have certain we have many, we have many uh, brands, uh, brands that wanted to know this. Uh, we, uh, we also had we advertised ice cream in winter, winter which was also, which was also a really, really interesting approach, approach because, because because it was because sort of was um, an ice cream brand, brand that wanted to know whether it works or not. And we advertised barbecue sausages, as I just mentioned. And yes, it has a strong impact. So temperature has a strong impact on your purchase behavior. Depending, depending um, obviously um, on the obviously product, product category, category. Um, um, so we, we so found it obviously for, for ice cream, for barbecue, for barbecue but also for but also other uh, products, uh, products that it has an opposite, opposite effect. effect. So, so the colder it gets, the, the better, better advertisement, advertisement works. works. So we, so we, we normally we tell normally our clients, tell clients um, it, it has a, has like, obviously you sell more if the weather is good when it comes to sausages or obviously you sell more when it comes to ice cream, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're your, 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 your advertisement works better, better so that you so convert, that you convert more, people, more people uh when it's uh, hot when it's because, hot, if, because everybody if everybody wants to buy, to buy ice cream anyway, anyway um you have this uh, baseline uh, that, that, uh, that wants that to go, wants for, to it, go for it but then the but question, then the question is, is 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 it also then effective to run a campaign or not and and this is like the questions that we try to answer together with them um to sort of say like okay maybe it was maybe it wasn't um yeah but that's basically where we go but yes your your shopping behavior is highly dependent on situational factors so what kind of mood you're in what time it is a day um and and what what weekday it is and where you're actually in the store and it is also dependent on what kind of marketing impressions you had before so and and this is this is this is the beauty of the system we can sort of also incorporate all tv campaigns and radio marketing measures we 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 have we these, have as, these everybody as everybody has the same has likelihood to have, to have come in contact, come in contact with them and then we sort of tell our clients how effective, how effective uh, then uh, to add to, to a sirene campaign, campaign was and, and this the is really more nice. you talk the more questions i have <laughs> let me let me quickly structure this uh can you answer us in like two or three questions how did j just out of pure curiosity how did this advertisement for the ice cream maker during winter actually go and did you also see like in germany there is uh we still call it winter but it doesn't get that cold anymore uh there are certain uh types of ice cream you get mostly in winter which are very delicious like gingerbread flavor <laughs> and uh, all that good stuff um did this have an impact and then comes my idea that i was referring to like five minutes ago <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah um, so basically, so basically for, for the winter, for the winter campaign, campaign um, um, to be honest, to be honest it, had it had more of an, of an 
Um, like the temperature did not have that much of significance uh, during that period of time. It really was the flavors uh, that uh, spiked um, or certain flavors that spiked, cinnamon, uh, obviously and certain flavors that uh, rather uh, were not as effective. Um, but the thing that Germans most respond to and in combination with our advertisement as well, and it does not come as a surprise, is discounts. <laughs> so if something is on discounts, um, yeah, you basically basically sell 200% more and then it's and always then the question always whether you want to follow up with a with a with a campaign so whether you so want to mention the discount, the discount or, not, or not because we can like hyper localize uh, our advertisements uh, to sort of have the price mentioned or have it not mentioned and this is like the, the best combination uh, in Germany when you sort of mention today you save 20% on whatsoever that the people respond the most, the most to it, also, also uh, to, uh, to ice cream, ice cream um, uh, to be honest. Be honest. Um, so, so I think... I think as we, as, we, as in Germany, as Germany, Aldi and Lidl and, Lidl and stuff and became stuff big, became big um, uh, the Germans are, are, are prone, prone to be, to be uh, open uh, for discounts, for discounts the, most, the most. I have to say, have to say. <laughs> that was what I would have guessed, and I would have also made the reference to Aldi and Lidl, two German discounters <laughs> who are actually active. I think almost across the world. Uh, of course, you'll find a link in the show notes. That said, when you've been talking, I had an idea because have you ever thought of making it useful or interactive? What I had in mind is when I get into the shopping cart, I usually have my very hyperactive 14 month old baby boy in the shopping cart. And I would imagine that I spend much more time in front of an advertisement screen if there's something that keeps my baby boy entertained while I go and fetch something, uh, for example, a dance, a dancing comic figure or something. And yep. that added then, uh, as you've been talking, another question come to, comes to mind. Is there different shopping when you do have a, a kid with you? I assume you're more straight go this, 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 that, and minimize mm. the time in the grocery store. Yeah, um, so, so basically well, the current system uh, that we're applying is, is screens that hang above you. Uh, so the, the interaction uh, capabilities um, there are limited, but we can always expand the ecosystem of the system uh, of and and the product is actually called not Sirene. that's the company the product is called cap which means connecting ad impressions with purchase so it's an acronym uh, for that one and we can always expand the ecosystem uh, there as we sort of developed everything ourselves um, so we don't have like any any puzzle pieces that we don't know of um, as for your kid and, and the interaction with the kid, what we uh, definitely do right now is we sort of know which shopping trolleys, as there are special shopping trolleys uh, for toddlers and, and smaller kids, uh, we, we identify them and we can sort of target uh, these uh, trolleys as well. Or we can also leave out certain commercials. Because um, one of the only spaces in, in Germany, like if you want to advertise alcohol and stuff like this, you can sort of then say like, no, we don't advertise it to these uh, groups of people uh, because we don't want to want to influence someone uh, there. Um, 
but the interactive capabilities, we can we we are definitely going into uh, R and D in that direction. We are expand expanding there. Um, so it's a nice input. Uh, I really like it, uh, and we we can we can look into this. And yeah, to be honest, um, for for us, uh, how how did it come about? Like with the story. Um, for us, it was 2000, uh, like when we started while our master, we had to sort of get, and this is also why we located uh, here in uh, Germany, um, we had to get like retailers on board, but we also had to get uh, media agencies on board because we do not normally talk to our clients like uh, the... the um, Barilla and and, uh, and other brands, they are normally hosted by or uh, guided by media agencies. And this, these are the people that we work with the most. And these also have really creative ideas and, and also want to look at the whole customer journey. So not only the store. And this is this is really interesting for us as well. Yeah. That is a quote worth to be put on the blog post. We don't really <laughs> talk to our clients. <laughs> Love that. You've been already referring to uh, your location here in Germany. Um, you're not located in Frankfurt, but in Wiesbaden, for everybody who's yep. not from Germany. <laughs> that is the capital of the state of Hessen, where yes. Frankfurt is located. And since this is sponsored by Invest in Hessen, this interview, what does actually hasn't mean for you and why did you locate here well basically as i'm swiss <laughs> um i just came to frankfurt like before Sirene, i came to frankfurt uh, on holiday or to to, to to meet friends or to fly from frankfurt because it's cheaper than flying from zurich um, but when, when it all changed, changed uh, uh, with, with Sirene, Sirene so, so we basically, basically why, why, why Hessen, why Wiesbaden? It has, has several, several reasons, reasons, to be honest. So, so one, one reason, reason is, is as we found our, our institutional investor, investor here in Hessen, Hessen. Um, together with a, with a business angel uh, that's situated in Switzerland. Um, then we found a strong academic partner here in Hessen, which is the European Business School that we work with closely as we sort of um, created an academic board constituting of the European Business School, the University of St. Gallen and the Babson College uh, in America as well. And, and this was, was sort of, sort of the, the reason, reason or the easiness to be close to these partners. partners. And, and also, also we had the opportunity to use an uh, office space. space. So we, so we uh, together, together also with a partner, partner where we where have we like storage facilities and really nice insured walls because we have like these huge screens that we had to configure and stuff. So we said like, okay, let's jump on this opportunity to be located in Wiesbaden. Wiesbaden is beautiful. It's actually also located quite nicely to Mainz, which is a student town. So actually, even though I've never been to Wiesbaden before, I moved with the office of Cyrene. I fell in love with the city. I fell in love with the region. I fell in love obviously with the white wine that is uh, being produced here as well. Uh, it's, it's, it's as a Swiss, it was unusual to sort of become an immigrant in Germany, but uh, I haven't regretted it since. 
that is good to hear especially i like that you mentioned uh mines because it's my native city and of course wiesbaden is very beautiful they have a lot of towns with very a uh, lot of places in the town with very nice very old villas and places and they even have a casino there <laughs> Whew, that was a long interview. We are running now at 39 minutes. Just want to say, Davide, thank you. It was just a pleasure having you here. Um, thank you very much and hope to hear back from you again. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you, Jan. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to reintroduce you guys uh, to Sarin and what we're doing here. Yeah. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.